electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. This is the American Greek Podcast, presented by CNBC. I'm Stacy Keach. In this episode of American Greed, Mike the Situation Sorrentino makes his mark starring in the notoriously over-the-top reality TV show Jersey Shore. Virtually overnight, he morphs from musclehead to millionaire. He was showing me, like, oh, I got this Ferrari. I was buying stuff, buying lots of stuff. He was like a, a rap star all of a sudden. Sorrentino's character is a walking hyperbole, 100% bad boy. Sometimes when I think of Jersey Shore, I remember it as an animated show because it had a lot of that aesthetic to it. But when Sorrentino applies that reality TV swagger to real life and fails to pay taxes on nearly $9 million of income, much of it in cash, the situation is real, real bad. Well, in 2011, I can tell you that he did not file a tax return at all. There's nothing wrong with being paid in cash. What's wrong is if you don't report your income to the IRS and pay your fair share. In September 2014, a notorious reality TV bad boy heads to court. Former Jersey Shore reality star Mike The Situation Sorrentino is out on bail after his arrest on federal tax fraud charges. The Situation and his older brother pled not guilty in federal court today for filing bogus tax returns on nearly $9 million in income. He made a lot of money and apparently Uncle Sam wants his cut. Mike, the situation Sorrentino, is a character viewers love to hate. So the schadenfreude is laid on thicker than his hair gel. When the situation was asked about the case, he responded, quote, this situation will sort itself out. He's always on. He's always good. The seeds of Sorrentino's downfall are sown long before anyone has ever heard of the situation. Seaside Heights, New Jersey is a classic American beach town with a boardwalk, a Ferris wheel, and giant fiberglass statues that seem eerie once the crowds are gone. One store stays open on the boardwalk year-round. It's a t-shirt shop run by Danny Merck, whose life is about to change with an unexpected visit. Some big guy knocked on my door early in the morning and said, well, would you be interested in renting out your house for a reality TV show? They said there's going to be a reality show about uh, a bunch of Italian kids. They're going to rent the house for the Jersey Shore for the summertime. They said, could you get all your stuff out in a span of uh, 24 hours and gave me a check? And I was like, no problem. And TV history was made. The premise for Jersey Shore is simple. Take eight 20-somethings who love to party... Rent them this beach house and encourage them to let loose their animal instincts. I always considered uh, 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 Jersey Shore kind of like what it would be if you had humans in a zoo. 
Robert Thompson is a distinguished professor of television history at Syracuse University. Today, he is hosting a luncheon screening of Jersey Shore 10 years after its premiere. I'm starting with I, what with what I consider the definitive Jersey Shore scene. Situation goes out to a club. That's pretty much what they do uh, all the time. He uh, finds a um, attractive young woman. And it's like, you know, you coming home with me. He takes her home to the house. He situates her in his bed, in his bedroom. He leaves her there, and he goes and has a full meal. And then when they're done having sex, he says, I ordered you a cab. And he kicks her to the curb. And then he does a fist bump, uh, pump kind of thing when he comes back up. What's so fascinating is we're seeing people who don't let the constraints of civilization determine what they can and can't do. It's like we've taken human life and we've stripped it of all those rules. And when you think of it that way, it's kind of fascinating to watch. When the first episode of Jersey Shore premieres on December 3rd, 2009, it draws in an impressive 1.3 million viewers and also a maelstrom of controversy, much of it from Italian-Americans offended by the use of the term Guido. Guido applications accepted over here. It's, we're either mafioso or with this we're bimbos and buffoons. Despite the blowback, within a few weeks, MTV has a bona fide hit and ratings soar after the notorious fifth episode in which Nicole Snooky Polizzi gets punched in the face. Now, I don't mean to downplay people hitting each other, but you also notice the manipulative dramaturgy going on here. How many times have we heard the word blood? And her mouth is bleeding and blood was all over me. There's all this blood, there's all this blood. How much blood have you actually seen so far? Like none. Ratings grow. And by the next episode, 3.2 million viewers tune in. For a basic cable show, that's a big, big audience. There are a couple things going on in the world. There's like, you know, the war in, in the Middle East. You know, there's there's the economy and then there's I Jersey mean, Shore. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's fascinating. It is a pop culture phenomenon. It really is. There were two ways people generally responded to it. They made fun of it and they embraced it with an ironic, kitschy delight. The other way it was to respond to it was to uh, be outraged that this was a mark that we were truly at the end of civilization uh, as we knew it. But in both cases, audience members were watching. There was a certain pleasure in watching something so outrageously idiotic. Mike, the situation Sorrentino, becomes one of Jersey Shore's breakout stars. Though born on Staten Island, New York, Sorrentino is raised in the Garden State. After graduating from Manalapan High, Sorrentino goes to work in a gym. Sorrentino will later tell his humble origin story to NBC's Today Show. I started sending in pictures to New York City pretty much uh, in my underwear. Uh, okay. And uh, well, eventually, eventually, I got a call, eventually I got a call back for a pilot, and I got that pilot role, and uh, we did the pilot. And I actually had to wait six or eight months for that pilot to even get Turn approved. In. So now, imagine imagine hanging on to like a dream for six to eight months and and, and, and you don't like even and you don't even know you don't even know if once they once you actually get that show for it to even be popular. This was the kitchen where all the partying happened. Everyone pre-game here. Mike was actually a good cook. Danny Merck plays the boss at the t-shirt shop where the Jersey Shore cast members work. This is where everyone would square off and also argue, you know, 
Sammy and Jenny had their big fight here. He also owns the house they stay in during the show. Well, I met Mike by accident beforehand. Mike thought I was a producer, and he leaned over to me and says, I want you to call me The Situation. And I was like, who is this guy? He wants to be called The Situation? What a dumb thing to be called. But honestly, what genius. He branded himself, marketed himself, and he's been known as The Situation forever. Sorrentino claims his nickname comes from his chiseled abdominal muscles. One summer day, he says, a woman is so mesmerized by his abs that she leaves her boyfriend for him creating a situation on the beach. I don't know if this is a show and inside he's insecure or something like that because, you know, he's, he's working out all the time. He's got big arms, a six-pack. You know, he always looks like Rambo and stuff. So, you know, maybe he's insecure inside, but he was very self-confident and very uh, full of himself all the time and thought every girl loved him. The most important part of his personality was that he was a narcissist. You can hate on me all you want to, but what can you possibly say to somebody that looks like Rambo pretty much with his shirt off? I mean, he was like Narcissus, the Greek god, in that he absolutely was in love with his own uh, image. And millions of Americans are in love with the show. Season one's final episode reels in nearly five million viewers. And it's clear that Jersey Shore is more than just a hit show. I couldn't believe it. You know, it was unreal. People were like crawling at the doors, clawing at it, trying to get inside the house, knocking, screaming, thinking that the cast still lived at the house. I couldn't live there anymore. It was doors rattling all the time, people banging on the windows. It penetrated the culture in major ways. Most people knew about Jersey Shore, whether or not they'd ever seen it. Um, The cultural penetration of that show way outweighed the actual number of people watching it. Nothing says fame like the president giving a shout-out at the White House Correspondents' Dinner, pretending he's announcing a break on a new tax on tanning salons. The following individual shall be excluded from the indoor tanning tax within this bill. <laughs> Snooky, Wow, The Situation... In season one, Jersey Shore cast members reportedly are paid peanuts. They make about $200 a week from working at the Shore store. In season two, each cast member gets a raise to 10000 an episode. And by season three, the real money comes in. The number is reportedly $30,000 per episode. And it soars to the $100,000 per episode range by the final season. It's very interesting to watch them also progress. You know, their attitudes change from also, you know, Mike begging to bum 10 bucks off me for cigarettes. And then all of a sudden now he's buying new Rolex every day, you know, just things change real quick. Mike Sorrentino sees an opportunity to make money not just through Jersey Shore, but by seizing the day and turning his 15 minutes of fame into a brand. I think the wise thing for all eight of them would be to say, this is not going to last forever. And however I can uh, monetize it and, uh, you know, do it while I can would be a wise thing to do. And uh, I think that's certainly what uh, the situation did. On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10th. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. 
Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle. Because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider. And also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your crave. Oh my God! Oh, the titles. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Well, you're a hit. I mean, you're, you have you have become iconic in our in our wow. landscape. I'm flattered. Thank you. Mike, the Situation Sorrentino, becomes a household name almost as soon as Jersey Shore hits the air. But he wants to become a lifestyle brand. He takes one tried and true step by publishing an autobiography. And now that star is out with his first book, aptly titled, Here's a Situation, a guide to creeping on chicks, avoiding grenades, and getting in your GTL on the Jersey Shore. What a title, babe. GTL stands for Jim Tan Laundry, a bit on the show that Sorrentino parlays into a lifestyle mantra. GTL, baby. Jim Tan Laundry. Do you have this body throughout? Was the body the whole ticket? You think about a celebrity, you think about their, their attributes. Party boy, ladies man, good looking without a shirt, good looking with a shirt. People want to be where the situation is. Robert Strand is an expert in celebrity branding and licensing. By 2010, when he was coming into the height of his popularity, that's when there was the height of activity, trying to uh, license Mike the situation. He says Mike Sorrentino makes some straightforward deals, including celebrity endorsements in which he is paid to promote a product. Usually the endorsement deals are in the six-figure range. The uh, vitamin water commercial was pretty funny. I don't know that it uh, created any longevity for people wanting to drink vitamin water. I would safely bet that it probably spiked sales at that time. Now, this was Mike's room for all five seasons. Danny Merck, who plays the boss, sees a Cinderella-like transformation in Sorrentino. Mike never really liked to work that much, but he always wanted money and needed stuff. And he was always like, kind of like scratching. He was waiting for the next paycheck all the time. Then the next came back, you know, these guys were making appearances on uh, nightclubs and stuff like that. According to The Hollywood Reporter, Sorrentino commands 10, 20, sometimes even $50,000 for a single appearance at a bar or nightclub. They also were coming into money and people were giving them stuff all the time. I remember sitting inside the house, all of a sudden a box full of, you know, clothes showed up, designer clothes, just wanting them to wear that stuff. And uh, it was different. I I saw a change from ashy to classy. (laughs) Sorrentino also strikes licensing deals in which he sells rights to his name and image in exchange for the percentage of revenue. One such deal is for Devotion Vodka which Sorrentino promotes at this party in Las Vegas. I've been, I've been involved with uh, Devotion Vodka since uh, day one, and I just had to be involved, so um, it, was, it was really cool. And uh, not only the face, but the part owner of the company. And I think that that deal had a significant impact on uh, Devotion's brand. I think they went from being a small player in the industry to a 30 to $50 million brand with that endorsement. Once the situation becomes a bankable asset... He is managed by his older brother, Mark Sorrentino. When the money started rolling in, Mike and his brother, Mark, formed uh, a few different uh, business entities to receive income from the various business ventures. One of them was MPS, which is his initials, 
And that was a partnership, uh, which and it was formed jointly with his brother, Mark Sorrentino. Then there was Situation Nation, which is an 1120 asset, it's an S-corporation. And the money keeps rolling in. The Situation has his own workout video, a nutritional supplement at GNC, a line of Situation-branded formal wear, and a comic book character is in the works. From 2010 through 2012 alone, uh, Mike Sorrentino received approximately $8.9 million in gross income. So it was a, a pretty fast, uh, pretty lucrative time in his life. Yeah, I was like, this guy's got everything with his name on it, GTL and Mike's situation and all this stuff. So he was definitely making money every which way. But uh, he was also spending every which way. He was showing me like, oh, I got this Ferrari. I was buying stuff, buying lots of stuff. He was like a, a rap star all of a sudden. Though he has big guns, he's got no ammo when it comes to finances. Sorrentino's assets are the kind that lose value as soon as you drive them off the lot. Mike and his brother Mark would keep these luxury cars outside of their townhouses. They lived near each other, and the parking lot was just filled with Ferraris and Lamborghinis and all kinds of other luxury cars. We have pictures of it. It's just, it's a riot. And it's like Lamborghini in his driveway, Porsches out here, you know, these, a Bentley here, a Jeep here. It's, yeah, the neighbors could not have been happy. Sorrentino, or at least the persona he creates on the show, may act as though he's above the law. But the feds beg to differ. People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. Or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools. On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10th. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Along the Jersey Shore in Asbury Park, Corey Tequila Tens Bar. Yep. You heard that last name right. It's pronounced Tequila. And I'm a bartender. Being able to talk to so many different faces and getting to know your customers and what everybody does and the stories that they have to tell you, it's just a really fun experience. I am paid hourly, which would be, I believe it's two thirteen an hour, and I also get paid in tips. Tequila says at the end of every shift, he records his tips in the bar's point-of-sale system. And over the course of a year, he has to make sure he's saving enough to pay Uncle Sam come tax day. Come April when you need to pay X amount of money, if you don't have that, like, you spent it all in a bad situation, you know? (laughs) Speaking of a bad situation, Mike Sorrentino also gets paid in cash. Lots of it. There were uh, a significant amount of payments made to him in cash. 
and those cash payments came primarily from his personal appearances. 50% of the appearance fee would be paid up front in the form of, of a check, and the remaining 50% would be paid at the time of the appearance, and that payment would be made in cash. At one appearance, the Sorrentinos would receive as much as $10,000 in cash for a single night. And there's nothing wrong with being paid in cash. Uh, what's wrong is if you don't report your income to the IRS and pay your fair share. The U.S. Attorney's Office and the Internal Revenue Service will not reveal how they begin to suspect that Mike and Mark Sorrentino are not paying their fair share. But when they open an investigation, they see many red flags. Well, in 2011, I can tell you that he did not file a tax return at all. And for the years 2010 and 2012... IRS agent Cheryl Matajika finds that the Sorrentino brothers drastically underreport their income. What we alleged to be false for 2010 was that he only reported, and he being Michael Sorrentino, a little over $200,000 in income from the business. So that would have been for MPS. And in 2011, he didn't file, so that would be zero. And then in 2012, it was a little over 100000 and that would have been completely from Situation Nation. Three years, $300,000 of income reported. The problem is, Sorrentino's actual income in that time period is $8.9 million. That's absolutely insane. Listen, I'm making less than hundred grand a year, and if I could pay my taxes, somebody like that should be able to pay their taxes. It's crazy. The $8.9 million in income does not include deductions for business expenses. But the Sorrentinos run afoul of the law here, too, according to the U.S. Attorney's Office. Well, the, what happened was the accountant that they worked with uh, was essentially writing off personal expenses as legitimate business expenses. Expenses such as uh, luxury car payments, payments for clothing, payments for grooming expenses. They had, uh, at one point, three Ferraris, two Lamborghinis, a Porsche, two BMWs. They had matching Bentleys uh, for Mark and Mike uh, and a few other various cars that they would drive around in and claim as business uh, deductions on their taxes. Fans of the sitch might argue that it was an honest mistake. After all, He's never claimed to be the world's most savvy businessman. But Agent Matajika says the evidence shows that Mike Sorrentino knew what he was doing, that he was deliberate and calculated in his tax evasion scheme. When he received the cash, we see him going to the bank, going up to the teller, and actually making the cash deposit into the account. And it was normally more than one account to spread out the cash deposit. Cash deposits of more than $10,000 trigger a federal currency transaction report known as CTR. It's nothing negative. It just tracks the ca large cash deposits and withdrawals. And a lot of people will try to avoid this because they are either trying to hide their income from the IRS or somebody else. And so they think that by splitting their deposits into multiple accounts, as long as they keep each individual deposit into the account under $10,000, that it won't generate the CTR. Making multiple deposits to avoid triggering a currency transaction report is a federal crime known as structuring. And the feds say the situation did a lot of structuring, tooling around New Jersey in one of his Lambos. 
So on March 28th, he goes into the bank and he makes four deposits into four different accounts. And as you could see here, three of those four accounts are just under the $10,000 mark. Um, and then the total deposits in general were 36,000 and change. It's a pattern Sorrentino repeats many times. Call it GTLS, Jim Tan Laundry Structuring. When you consistently do it over a period of time, that's what forms a pattern, and that's how we prove our structuring cases. In September 2014, Mike and Mark Sorrentino are charged with conspiracy to defraud the United States government and filing false tax returns. For Professor Thompson at Syracuse, it's more evidence that reality is very different from this reality TV show. The situation getting arrested. We would have expected him to get arrested for some bad boy thing, you know. He got arrested for tax evasion, which is like the wimpiest thing to get arrested. What we saw and what we made of these characters was, of course, not what they, uh, what they really were. On the show, the situation shamelessly revels in bad behavior. But in real life, the Sorrentinos try to cover up their crimes. The Sorrentinos gave the government a compact disc containing financial records that were saved in a QuickBooks program. After the grand jury subpoenas has been, had been served on the Sorrentinos, uh, Mark Sorrentino had gone into the QuickBooks records and altered the records. Mark Sorrentino reclassifies taxable income as loans or other non-taxable income. He did this so the QuickBooks records would be uh, uh, similar to the information he filed in his tax returns. Mark Sorrentino apparently doesn't realize it, but just like the ubiquitous cameras of Jersey Shore, everything is being recorded. In QuickBooks, there is something called an audit trail function where you can see all the changes and modifications that have been made to a file. When the agents looked at it, they saw it to, down to the timestamp every single thing that he changed. That was that. <laughs> In April 2017, additional charges of structuring and falsifying records are added. After months of pretrial wrangling, Mike Sorrentino pleads guilty to one count of tax evasion. And Mark Sorrentino pleads guilty to one count of aiding in the filing of a fraudulent tax return. Mike is sentenced to eight months. And Mark is sentenced to 24 months in prison. The judge cites Mark's attempts to cover his tracks as a reason for a longer sentence. The man who made a fortune acting like the rules don't apply to him learns the hard way that they do. As he live-streams his ride to prison for the Jersey Shore reboot Family Vacation, the situation seems to have lost some of his swagger. He's not look happy. He, he looks like scared he serves his time at Otisville Prison and gets out on September 12, 2019. Mike Sorrentino declines to speak with American Greed. If the situation has a second act, it's a safe bet the feds will be taking notes and hoping Sorrentino has learned how to pay his fair share. The government is definitely one of the victims and the taxpayers because we all pay tax and none of us want to. But we have to. It's what makes the system works. Thanks for listening to the American Read Podcast, presented by CNBC. I'm Stacy Keach. 
This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. 